Ghost in this place today. We're going to let the Lord lead us. Amen. Once you get real comfortable, grab your Bibles and let's stand back up for a moment. Let you catch your breath for a second. Mark 8, the 31st verse. Mark 8, 31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things. Thou, thou mind not the things of God, but you mind the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. Verse 36. For what shall it profit a man? Listen to me here. Listen to the word of God. If you don't hear anything else I say right now, don't look around at everybody in this building. I want you to look at this screen right here. For what shall it profit a man? If he shall gain the whole world. And lose his own soul. Preach to you today, what good is it? What good is it if you lose your soul? Father, speak to us, I pray. Help me to articulate the words you put in my spirit. I pray, God, I bind every spirit of... Every spirit of division. I bind every spirit of distraction. Right now, in the name of Jesus, soften hearts... Open ears, open minds, open spirits. Let it be receptive to the seed of your word that you would like to speak to us today. I pray it in the name of Jesus, not only for those hearers that are here in person, but those that may watch this. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It's been quite a week. I told uh, somebody earlier, I said, it does not, it seems to me like it's been more than a week since Easter. I really had to look at the calendar to determine that it's only been seven days since we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. And I thought, why is that? Because usually it just seems like the week goes like this. But then I began to examine this past week. We had a wonderful, wonderful resurrection service and celebration. And then this past week we had um, my uncle, uh, Keith Hunt, who uh, is a member of Brother Dwayne Kaufman's church, 70 years old, a very active 70. I played golf with Keith just a, not too many days ago, and um, he was, I'm sure, probably leading worship in their pulpit last Sunday, and then this 
Uh, tomorrow night we'll be at his funeral. Tomorrow night we'll be at his funeral. And so it's been quite a week. That's, that's the fast forward version of that. I've, I preached a funeral for Brother Richard Fulford, a member of our church. Who's kind of, we kind of lost touch with him in the last few years, but he passed away. I didn't even know he had been sick. I got a call and said, would you preach uh, this funeral? And I preached his funeral just a couple of days ago. We had a, amidst all the death, we had a new member come into our church, and that's Chad and Jennifer's baby is now here. Little Noah, we're thankful for that. He's not here, but he's here. He's in, in the general sense, he's with us now. So that happened this way. I didn't give the Lord a hand for that. Thank God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Alex and Mackenzie took their little one to uh, Riley, and that's where she is right now. Renly, we're praying for her. Uh, just got some breathing stuff and feeding stuff going on that they're looking at, trying to get that fixed. And, and, it, and, and they will, and God's touching her already, and thank God for that. And then we had our uh, Section 6 Ministers Conference this past week, right here where you're sitting. We hosted that Thursday night, and a lot of stuff took place that evening. And it's just been quite a So I thought, well, no wonder it seems like it's been more. And I'm just giving you the highlights. There's a whole lot of other stuff. I went mushroom hunting for the first time this season, found three. Tyler found one. I found two. And uh, so that happened this past week. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's happened. So no, no wonder it seems like longer than seven days. But maybe because um, of my family member, maybe because of the funeral, uh, things were on my mind in my spirit today. I do believe this is from the Lord. Um, if we're not careful, we tend to become spiritually apathetic and unconcerned, uninterested. We can come into a service like we are today, and I, you, you have to pardon me. I don't, I don't recommend anybody else do this. I don't recommend anybody else come into worship service and look around and see who's worshiping. But every once in a while, as the shepherd... I kind of look around. I just want to get a feel for the crowd. I want to get a feel for how you're doing. And I saw some of you just worshiping and pray, praising the Lord and singing, and some of us were just so distracted. With not 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 because you don't care. It's not because you're. It's just we just tend to gravitate to the carnal. We can come into a spiritual service and never connect to the spirit because we're just so spiritually passive, and it just happens. That's just how we are made. It's our flesh. When we should be carnally apathetic, we're spiritually apathetic. Carnally, we become passionate and we become zealous and we become, if we're not careful, we become obsessed and enthralled with the things of this world. With the things of this world. The psalmist says in verse 5 of chapter 39 he says, Behold, thou hast made my days as an hand breath. Everybody look at your hand. Look at your hand. That's because we, we don't have to do any numbers. We don't need any measuring sticks. We don't need any tape measures. You've got it built in. If you've got a hand, if you don't have, if you're missing both hands, look at your neighbor's hand. Come on now. And this is what the psalmist says is your life. This hand breath right here. He says, all my days are right here. And we live our life as though we think life is from here to the California. And, but, but it's not. We, we need to understand every day. Take a look at it. This is my life. It's right here. These five fingers represent I'm born and then I die. 
and everything in between there. And we think we've got a hold of it, but we really, it's really, we don't have a hold of it. It's just, it's beyond our grasp. But, but he says, that hand, that is our life. We're promised 60, uh, 60 plus 10, promised uh, on average, maybe another 10, 80 years old. Maybe, maybe we get that. Maybe we get that. Maybe we don't. We bury people a lot younger. We bury people a lot older. But I'm telling you, even if you live to be 80 years old, we now say when people die at 80, oh, they were young. But, but that, look, you die at 100 or 110, 10, 120, it's still just a hand's breadth. It's, we're here. James says it's a vapor. We're born, we're here today, and we're gone tomorrow. And, and everything we try to cram into those 60, 70, 80 years, it's all just gone. We used to sing a song, and my mother, my mother used to sing this song a lot. It's uh, only one life, how soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Jesus is telling his disciples, look, um, I know that you are so carnally passionate that all you can think about is the carnal so that when I show up and tell you that I'm the son of God, you think I'm here to overthrow the Romans and, and reestablish a throne for the Jews and, and that's all you can be excited about. When I do a miracle, you're thinking, oh yeah, that's our next king. When I speak words and people come and the multitudes gather, you're thinking, yes, we're going to get a throne for him and we're going to reign in his kingdom. And he's saying, I'm trying to tell you, I'm going to die in a few days. You're thinking carnal, and I'm trying to get across to you the spiritual. You're thinking temporal, and I'm here about the eternal. And so he begins to tell them, in a few days, I won't be among you anymore. I'm, I need you to get a hold of this, disciples, and, and I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. And everybody's going to turn against me, the religious people, the political people. Everything's going to shift, and everyone will be against me. And even some of you are going to betray me, and even one of you are going to deny me. And Jesus, Jesus Jesus finishes those words and Peter is vexed in his spirit. He was not trying to be rebellious when he took Jesus to the side and said, you don't need to be talking this way. Jesus, that's not a very uplifting message you just gave. Talking about death and suffering and betrayal. and No, you've got to sit on a throne. No, We've got all these plans for you. No, we've got all these ideas. Peter, he spins around. He looks at all of his disciples, and he, he realizes they're all in the same boat. But Peter was the most vocal, so he just singles him out and looks at Peter and says, You get behind me, Satan. You mind the things of this world. You do not mind the things of God. You wake up in the morning and I'm trying to teach you and show you and set an example and pull you with everything I can into the spiritual realm. But Peter, all you can think about is the things of this earth. They are, they're all temporal and all you can seem to be, be excited about is this world. He says, you're not minding when you rebuke me for the kingdom's mission. You are not minding the things of God. You're minding your own things. You're being selfish. You're being spiritually apathetic. You're being spiritually unattuned. You do not understand the things of God. You are, un you, you are minding the things of this world. You are minding the things that be of men. And then Jesus goes a little bit farther and he says, Look, 
you, you need to understand this, that if you, really, I know Peter was, he was, he was being selfish in this, in, 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 this, in this moment. I believe he was being selfish. He did not want Jesus to die because he thinks about how, man, how am I going to explain that to my wife? I went and told her, I'm not going to be a fisherman anymore. I'm going to be a fisher of men because that man Jesus called me. How am I going to go tell her he died? What do I do if he dies? What do I do if all this stuff he's talking about comes to pass? He's thinking about himself. He's thinking about his life. He's thinking of things of men. So Jesus just takes it a little bit farther and he says, look, you need to think in terms of godly things. He said, whatever, whoever saves his life, if you're going to be selfish about this life, he says, if you save your life, you will lose it. But whoever shall lose his life for my sake, whatever you lay down, when you stop thinking about this world and the things of men, and you think more about the things of God, he says, for the gospel's sake, he says, you shall save. In fact, I'm going to tell you, the only way to save your life is to deny your flesh and turn your life completely over to godly things to be about the things of God and not the things of men. It's the only way that you're going to find salvation is to mind not the things of men but the things of God. He says uh, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Psalmist says your life right there, hands breadth. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, 31, and they that use this world as not abusing it, he says, for the fashion of this world. You got it? 1 Corinthians 7, 31, I want him to read it with me. They that be of this world as not abusing it. Read this with me. For the fashion of this world passeth away. Passeth away. Passeth away. Passeth away. Passeth. That new house, Jerry, will pass away. That new job, going to go away. New car, passeth away. Hands breadth. This uh, wallet of mine and all the cards in here. By the way, those are not credit cards. This Wendy's card. It's going to pass away. Driver's license. When I, when I die, brother, brother, brother Pace comes and collects my body. He's not going to ask for my driver's license. Nobody's going to, they just shred. My Sam's card. Shred. My uh, health insurance card. Shred it. Here. These are, this, these are my triple uh, A card. Shred it. My uh, old, I, no, my, my new health insurance card. <laughs> Don't let me lose that. Oh, here we go. Surely this is eternal. My annual fellowship card with the United Pentecostal Church International. This shows I'm an ordained ministry. Minister with the United Pentecostal Church. Surely that's going to go with. No, tread it. Brother, Brother Pace isn't going to ask for any of those things. I got a little bit of money left on a Walmart card, but I guess somebody can have that. 
I got about 30 cents on a McDonald's card, my library card, my old fellowship card, my old AAA card, my really old UPC card, an old gift card. Some of these things just keep the other cards from falling out. Here's, my, oh, here's something, my Dollywood pass. Not going there anymore. My park pass to McCormick's Creek Park can't go there anymore. Man, this is, this is my life. And uh, all this cash right here, when I die, guess what? I suppose there's a couple hundred dollars right here. It's going to go right to this woman right over here. <laughs> when I die. When I die. Shred it, throw it away, get rid of it. It's not going with me. When they lay me out up here, worthless. Worthless. I went to that funeral a couple days ago. Oh, he was an old man. He lived his life. But I watched uh, the pallbearers. And one of the pallbearers was about 10 years old. He was a great-grandson. I don't know if anything's ever touched me as much as I've just seen that. His dad and him on one side of that casket, and he was showing, he was teaching his son, grab it right there, stand in the middle. That little boy stood there honoring his great-grandpa. Like he was the proudest man in the world got up to the hearse, passed it on in. His dad said, now you turn around, now you stand here, now you stand here like this. He got ready to take off. The little boy thought, he said, he's done. His dad grabbed me, big old dad. He grabbed him, stand here. I thought, wow. Teach our kids to hunt. We teach our kids to fish. We teach our kids to get an education. We teach our kids to throw a ball. We teach our kids all this stuff, and that's all well and good, but we're going to die one of these days. You better teach your kids how to die. I was at Emily's grandpa's funeral a couple of weeks ago, and her uncle got up and talked about his daddy, and he said, his dad, brother senior, said, man, boys, I showed you how to live. Now I'm going to show you how to die. Let me tell you, he spent his whole life showing them how to die. This stuff is worthless when we draw our last breath and the stuff you chase and the stuff that moves you and the stuff that gets you out of bed and the stuff that gets you excited, all of that junk, it's of this world and it's going to pass away. The Bible says it's a hand's breadth from your birth to your death and all this stuff, somebody else is going to use it. They're going to shred it. They... Give me that suit coat, would you? You look sharp, Samuel. You look sharp. You all look good. You guys talk, you know, you go, you want your parents or you get a little money. You want to go buy a nice suit and nice clothes and nice jacket. And Sammy, I like that tie and you look sharp. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of these days, you don't know this right now, but one of these days, somebody else will wear this jacket. And then maybe somebody else will wear this jacket. And then one of these days, it'll be hanging in Goodwill. With all the other 30-year-old sport coats. 
maybe not this one, but some of them in there, you know, they just buy them for Halloween costumes now because they're so outdated. This one's pretty classic. It'll never go out of style. Wise choice. <laughs> this one will be on display for Halloween someday. The... It's fashionable today. It's outdated tomorrow. Somebody else will wear it. And then it'll be in goodwill. And then it'll be the recycling bin. And so is life. We work to pay for our cars. We work to pay for our houses. We work to put our kids through college. We work, we work, we work. Hands, breadth. And then we die. And I ask you this, what good is it? What good is that jacket? What good are these cards? What good is this money? I don't know if I trust all these boys with my cash laying there. No, I didn't give it to her. I said, I, you pay attention. I said, when I die. It's all ours. I'm just kidding anyway. It's coming, folks. It's coming. It's coming. For the fashion of this world passeth away. It's just here today and gone tomorrow. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Would a couple of you young men collect all those stuff for me before we close here? Thank you. Look at this, verse 21. For where your treasure is, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. there will your heart be also. Right. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And Jesus says, don't lay it up down here. Don't get so excited about this down here. He says, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, come on up music if you would, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at this. While we look not at the things which are seen. For the things which are seen. You got them? For the things which are seen. See it? These keys, got my house key, got the church key, got my speedy rewards card, got my Kroger Plus card. Got, my wife always says, did you use your Kroger card? I did if I took these keys in. I got keys on here. I don't even know what all of them open. But one of these days, Brother Pace isn't going to say, where's his keys? Passeth, passeth away, passeth away, passeth away. That Ford, that do, that Ram Ford, <laughs> that Ram truck I got out there, I like that truck. It's going to pass away. Uh, but the pace isn't going to say, well, where's his truck key? Well, he might. Don't let him have it. <laughs> 
passes away. It's all going to pass away. Goodwill, shredder, they're going to smash that car down to a little square, recycle the metal. It's all just going to pass away. For the things which are seen are temporal, Paul says. Right. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Yes. Parents, I want to talk to you for just a minute. I want to talk to you about these kids up here. Most, most important thing you will ever do for your children is not sports. It's not hunting or fishing or shooting. That's all well and good. It's not the education. It's not the most important thing. It's not the food. Well, I got to miss church. I got to feed them. Wrong. You're feeding them. You're putting emphasis on the wrong food. Most important thing you will do for your children is not shelter. Well, I got to shelter them. I get that, but you better learn to shelter them from hell before you learn to shelter them from this temporal stuff. I'm talking about eternal things right now. Most important thing you will do for your children has nothing to do with those temporal things. Most important thing you will do for your child is to train them up in the way they should go. Okay, I'll come up here, buddy. I'm going to have you help me. I'm glad you know how to shoot a basketball. I'm proud of you when I see you hit baskets. I'm glad you know how to throw a baseball. He's a pretty good baseball player. Pretty good looking guy. Get that from the pample. <laughs> Just kidding. But take a look at me. That fades. <laughs> it's all going to go away. Proud of you. Proud of you. He's a hard worker. I trust him. I trust him. But all of those things, one of these days you'll throw a baseball and you're going to say, oh. Tyler called me the other day. said, Dad, I think about getting a team for softball. I, I played with them up till COVID, I think, maybe right before COVID. Right before COVID, we stopped playing. And uh, he said, I'm thinking about getting a, a team. Would you want to be on it? I said, I don't think so. I, I just, it just doesn't interest me anymore. I just, I play golf and I go home. Oh, you know, I can't imagine running around bases. One of these days you'll go to shoot a basket and you'll miss. You'll be, I used to hit that. And you'll just start playing pig and horse with your grandkids. <laughs> Get beat. It fades. But here, I'm going to tell you, the most, the most important thing that I can do with my children and my grandchildren, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, hey, Cal, get out of bed, buddy. Sunday, Saturday night, hey, Cal, you know what you're going to wear tomorrow? Get your clothes laid out tomorrow, Sunday, going to the house of the Lord, don't forget most important thing I can do for him. Hey, come on, we're going to the house of the Lord. When we get there, hey, Cal, remember why we're on the way to church. Remember why we're going to the house of the Lord today. I want, you to, I want you to have friends. I want you to have buddies. I want you to hang out with them. I want you to get along with them. But hey, when that first note hits on the, it's not about, it's about 
That's why we're there. I'm proud. I want to see you sit up there with the young people. I really do. Oh, I'm so proud of you sitting up there. But man, when you gather up around the front here, hey, I'm, it blesses me to see you on the drums Wednesday night. All of you. Blesses me to see you up here playing your instruments. But when you're down here, up in front, worshiping God, sing, you don't even know what that does to your pastor. Most important thing I can do is not teach you how to play a drum or play a guitar or be in front of people. But right here, hey, it's worship time. We worship God. That's why we're here. We worship God. We open our mouth and we sing when it's time to sing. Well, I'm not a very good singer. You're not singing for everybody else. You're singing unto the Lord. That's why we do what we do. Don't you worry about these boys. Don't you worry about these other girls. If they're not singing, you let them work it out. That's between them and their parents. But in my house, my boys know, my daughter knows. This is, these are the talks we had in, in our house. And I'll be honest with you, I knew whether my kids were worshiping God or not. I watched. Because the most important, listen, if I'm going to know how they're doing on the baseball field, if I'm going to know how they're doing on the basketball court, I better know how they're doing in the house of the Lord. I better know how they're doing in the house of the Lord. This is the most important thing. All of those other things are temporal. They're going to pass away. But I want to know, are you worshiping God at church? I want to know, most important thing I can do for my, for my son, I'm just using him as an example here. Every day, have you been with the Lord today, son? Have you spent some time in prayer today, son? Have you talked to Jesus today, son? Every once in a while, he needs to hear his dad in the other room. Oh, God! I know some of y'all, you pray quietly, and I know that's all right. That's between you and the Lord. But every once in a while, you need to open your mouth and, and teach your children how. This is how we talk to the Lord. This is how we come into the presence of God. This is how we pray. Here's the words we use when we pray. Here's the language we use when we pray. Here's the things we say to the Lord. Let them hear you. I'm going to teach you. Yeah. I know teach you how to talk smack on the basketball court. That's all right, I guess. But more importantly, I'm going to teach you how to come before the presence of the Lord. Most important thing I'll do for my children is teach them how to die. Teach them how to live for God and how to go out of this world someday. Amen. Hey, son, you got a, you got a job mowing yards. I'm so proud of you. How much you making every week? $30. Man, working with his hands, mowing the lawn. Now, son, I got to teach you something here. I got to teach you a godly principle here. I want you to watch. Now, listen, your mother and I, every week, first tenth of our income. It's called the tithe. You know what a tithe is? This is why we do it. Bible says give our first to the Lord so we don't pay this we don't, you don't pay it after you go get those shoes you want new basketball you want new jacket you want $30 first three bucks his you, you expect me to teach that to your children I don't teach on tithes very often I'm going to teach my children 
If they grow up and don't do it, that's between them and the Lord. But I'm not going to stand there before God and not have taught my children. When you get 30, you give God three. When the pastor looks in the books, he better see your name. I'm talking about your kids. You tell your kids. Teach them how to fill out a tithing envelope. Put their name on it. This is for the Lord. This goes to the kingdom of God. And when they open the books at church, son, your name, Callahan Hawkins ought to be on the books. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I don't look at the books very often, but I do every once in a while. And I'm going to tell you, it blesses my heart when I look down there and I see y'all's kids' names on the tithing books because you're, that tells me you are teaching your children the godly principles of giving and letting God bless them. And when they grow up, $30 turns into $3,000. And now God's really going to bless their You've set them up to be blessed in their life. All right, I'm not done yet, son. There's temporal things and there's eternal things. Temporal things are easy. We can see them. But godly things, we really got to pray and seek God about them. And there's going to be times where you feel like doing the wrong thing. There's going to be times when it feels like this is the way to go. But here, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Callahan... The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. I want you to know there's going to be times where things are going to pull you the wrong direction and you're going to feel compelled to go the wrong way and and people are going to try to pull you and your flesh is going to try to pull you and the devil's going to try to sway you and all of life's going to come against you. So here, this is my Grandma Hawkins Bible. Look at it. It's well read. There's notes in here. It's dirty from her thumbs. She'd been working out in the garden. She'd come in and grab her Bible, and that dirt is on the pages. And I want your Bible to look like her Bible when you get older. So every day, son, you take the Word of God. Get in the Word of God every day. I don't care if you play video games for a little bit, but you chuck those off after a while, and you get your Bible, and you get into the Word of God, and you get it in your heart, because there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, and his life, his Word is a light unto your path. It's a lamp unto your feet. It's the only way you're going to make it. So let's recap here, son. Pray every day. Love everybody. Read the word every day. Get it in your hearts. Know that there's going to be ways that seem right, but they're wrong. And know this, all this stuff, it's all temporal. This, uh, this, this belongs to God. Every bit of it. The $30 you got, it's his, all of it. He lets you keep 90%, but you give 10% back first thing. You know why? Because he put the breath in your lungs to let you go out there and grab a hold of that mower and mow that yard. And when you got done, it was not just you. It was his breath. It was his strength. It was his power that gave you the ability. So now we give, so this It's all temporal. It's all temporal. But this, these are the things of God. One of these days, Jesus is coming. I want you to be ready, son. Best thing we can do for our children. Don't send them to church. Bring them to church. Don't tell them to worship. Teach them to worship. 
Don't tell them to tithe. Show them. They ought to see you filling out your tithing envelopes. Somebody ought to say amen. Train them up. Teach them about eternal things. Prayer, Bible, being faithful to the house of God. Listen to me. If on Wednesday night you're not getting ready to go to church, you go in there and tell your children why you're not going to church. You go tell your children, hey, it's Wednesday night, and we're going to watch live stream, and here's what. Try to tell that to them. Don't you dare miss a service. You get to the house of God, and you teach your children, we are going to the house of the Lord. It's been a busy day, and there's all kinds of things in our way, but here's what we do when it's time to worship. Train them up, train them up, train them up. Be faithful. Pay your tithes. Have the fruit of the Spirit. Have the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Oh, most important thing you'll teach your children is the plan of salvation. Callahan, you got to be, you got to repent. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Live a holy life. Live a godly life. I won't always be here. I won't always be here to tell you these things. So I'm going to get them in you while you're young. One of these days, I'm going to lay this life down and go on. One of these days, that man back there, your daddy's going to lay this life down and go on. But his word abides forever. These things abide forever. Young people, you got to get this in your heart. You got to know this. You got to know this. It's not this world that it's all about. It's the world to come. Not this world, not the things of men, but the eternal things of God. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. After you get the Holy Ghost, son, Here's how we live. Here's how we live. No, we don't wear that. Because the Word of God says we need to be modest. Hey, teach your children about modesty. No, we don't wear that because the Bible says not to wear effeminate clothing. And ladies, the Bible says not to wear that which pertaineth to a man. You teach your children these things. Get in the Word of God. Train them up. Show them how to walk. Show them how to live. Don't let them dress like the world. Now, hear me. Some of you let your little girls dress like the world when they're five, and then you don't know you, you don't know why you can't get it off of them when they're 15. You train them when they are a child how to live for God, how to look, how to dress, how to walk, how to pray. Don't paint it on them when they're five. I don't want you up here when I talk about this stuff. Painting and all that. No, just... Paint it on them when they're five and then wonder why you can't get it off of them when they're 12 and 13 and 14. They're putting it on and putting it on and putting it on and wearing it. And you're taking pictures and putting it on Facebook like you're all proud. You train them. Those are the things of the world. You train them in the things of God. How do you want them to be when they're 12? Show them when they're three. Show them when they're four. Show them when they're five. We're talking about the eternal weight of glory here. Altars open. I'd ask you to pray today. Would you do it? Come on, let's make sure we're right with God today. Would you do it? Come on, let's pray. Let's talk to Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord.